ladies and hombres. Andy here, day 92 of the Inner show. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. So today we are continuing with our epic saga to answer all of Ed's questions. Ed is one of my patrons, and he asked a bunch of questions on my forums, and I thought I'd go through and answer every single one of them. So if you sign up to my Patreon, you can ask me questions as well, and I'll answer all of them in a podcast. That's patreon.com forward slash kill your inner loser. And if you haven't listened to the previous two episodes, definitely go back and listen to those, because everything I'm about to say will make a lot more sense. A lot of the answers that I have here rely on you having heard the previous answers I gave on the previous two episodes. So his next question is, do you have a particular type of girl and has that changed? Yep, I've always liked, um, I guess you'd call them submissive girls, but it's not so much submissive. That's not quite the right way of saying it. I like really sweet and feminine girls. That's probably a better way of saying it. Um, early on, I couldn't, okay. Early on, I really, really, really did like submissive girls. Like they had to be quite submissive. Now I like submissive girls, but I also like bratty girls. Um, and when I say bratty, I mean in a fun way, like I don't mean argumentative or bossy or annoying or any of that. I'm just talking, you know, girls who are playing along, but kind of being a little bratty and saying like, you know, you tell them to do something and they say like, no, but are you going to punish me? Like that kind of bratty. I really like those kind of girls. I think I've always liked sweet girls and I definitely still do. I've always liked very feminine girls and I've, I very much still do. Just girls that are very nice human beings. I guess if I had to give another thing that's very important to me, self-awareness has been important to me always and intelligence. Now, I'm not saying a girl has to be a Nobel laureate or something. She doesn't have to have studied at Mensa, but she can't be a complete retard. I, I cannot stand low intelligence people, just generally speaking. And when I'm talking low intelligence, I don't, maybe I shouldn't say low intelligence because I've worked manual labor jobs. I've worked like at a warehouse and I'll phrase this nicely. Those weren't exactly the most intelligent people. And I, I fucking love them. They were some of the best human beings I've ever met. So I shouldn't say low intelligence. I mean people who aren't self-aware. And there's a very big difference. You don't have to be intelligent to be self-aware. When I say self-aware, I think I'm specifically referring to doing dumb shit. I can't stand people who do dumb shit and then either aren't aware of why they're doing it or pretend that they're not really doing it. You know, people who are like, ha 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 on the weekend, I got so drunk. Oh my God. And I passed out. Ha ha ha. And then, oh my God. Like I can't stand that. That's low intelligence shit that I can't stand. So I'm not saying you have to be intelligent. Maybe that was the wrong way of phrasing it, but I can't stand self low self-awareness. I can't stand complete stupidity. I, I can't stand someone complaining about something, but then not doing anything to change it. Maybe that's how I should have phrased it. We've all met those people, people who get stuck in a loop, you know, where they have a history of bad boyfriends or bad girlfriends, but they just keep making the same mistakes and they never stop and think, wait, is this me? Is this my fault? I can't stand those kind of girls. So I've never had anything to do with those kind of girls, like girls who complain about the exes or anything like that. I've never been into that. So I, 
I guess a good way of phrasing it is like sweet, nice, genuine girls. I do like a bit more feminine, submissive, but she can be independent. I'm into that. I'm into a little bit of brat, brattiness sometimes, but I'm not into domineering woman. I I don't think. Okay, there are some guys that are into that, but I think most guys are into feminine, sweet, nice girls. But I've always been like hardcore into that. Like I won't tolerate anyone except for a really sweet girl. I get absolutely turned off if a girl is like ever rude or ever bossy or anything but really, really, really nice. Every single girl that I've ever dated and every girl that my girlfriend Imogen and I see together, they're the sweetest, loveliest human beings ever. Like you, If you guys met them, you'd be like, holy shit, these girls are like absolute fucking adorable sweethearts. We do... It's probably more on my side, but Imogen likes them too. We, we we both do tend to screen in those really sweet, adorable kind of girls. We like really adorable girls. You know, girls who will say stuff that makes your heart melt. I could pull out my phone right now and just go through my texts and read out like 50 different things that you guys would say like, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> like, you know, girls that after you see, after the first time you see them, the kind of girl that will text you an hour later and say like, that meant so much to me. Like that, that was so nice. Like I really enjoyed seeing you guys. Do you think that you guys would want to see me again? Like that kind of just really sweet, genuine, vulnerable, like girls who keep it real, who don't hold back, who just absolutely tell you how they feel, who don't hide their nervousness. Imogen and I haven't done a podcast about it yet, but we're about to do it. We'll do it in the next couple of days about a girl that we just slept with last night. And this girl was like super cute, super sweet, very sexy actually, but she didn't know that she, she kind of knew she was sexy. She dressed very sexy. I think she knows she's sexy. She has like nipple piercings and she doesn't wear a bra. I th- okay. I think she knows she's sexy, but she's still like nervous and shy about her sexuality. She's only like 18. And so she's kind of figuring that shit out. She hasn't had a lot of sexual experience and she's sort of coming into her own. But she was like super honest with us. And when we got back to our apartment, she was on the couch and Imogen goes to the toilet. I should save this for the actual story Imogen and I do for the podcast we do, but whatever, I'll give you a little spoiler. So Imogen goes to the toilet and the second Imogen goes to the toilet, the second she leaves the room, this girl just like immediately like comes close to me and she's all like, Oh my God, like, what do I do? How do I please you guys? Like, I'm so nervous. I'm so scared. Like, I'm so worried that I won't do a good job. And I was like, why are you so worried about doing a good job? Like, you haven't had a lot of sexual experience. You haven't been with many guys. Why Why would you expect yourself to do a good job? And she was like, I don't know. I just, you know, Imogen's so pretty and I just, I want to please her and I, I want to be good for you. And I was like, just calm down. We'll just have a bit of fun. Like, you know, I don't expect you to be perfect. Neither does Imogen. And she smiled and she's like, really? Are you sure? And I was like, yes, like calm yourself down. You you haven't had much sex. I think she said she's only had like five sexual experiences, as in she's only had sex five times ever. And so I was like, just calm down. Like, you're not going to be good. That's fine. We'll teach you. We don't need you to be amazing. You don't have to do anything special. And she was like, okay, like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, why are you so nervous anyway? And she goes, because you and Imogen are so cool. And I, I cracked up. <laughs> I love when girls say that, like, we're cool. If you met us, you'd be like, you two are the lamest fucking people ever. All we do is, like, sit at home and fucking 
I work on my website and she works on her art business for like 16 hours a day. We're just hardcore focused on that. We're like the furthest thing from cool. But the point I'm getting to, the point I'm making is we love girls like that. Girls who are fucking honest. Maybe girls who are a little more shy. I think I've always liked girls like that myself. And Imogen definitely likes girls like that because she takes on sort of a mentoring role with them, like a, a motherly role. She looks after them. And I've always done that too. I think I've always preferred to mentor girls. I've preferred to be in the position of more experience. So I guess that's my particular type of girl. I've always liked girls that have less experience than me. And that's probably why I've slept with so many virgins and helped them come out of their shell and become more confident people. Why I've mentored them and tried to teach them about the world, teach them about their own bodies, teach them about like, men and women and all that kind of stuff. That's that's always been the girl I liked. I mean, just look at the last four, the four girls that Imogen and I are sleeping with right now. Two of them were fucking virgins when they met us. Another one had only had one sexual experience. And then this girl last night has only had five sexual experiences ever. And she's only ever kissed a girl. She's never done anything more than kissed a girl. She's never fingered a girl, or fucked a girl, any of that kind of shit. I, in particular clearly like shy, submissive, less experienced girls. And Imogen does too. And again, maybe I should stop saying submissive because it's not really submissive. It's more like inexperienced. And I think if you're inexperienced, you just happen to be submissive because how are you going to be confident when you don't have any experience? I like pushing girls to become more confident, which sounds weird. Uh, It's like I, I like to meet them when they are like clay or putty ready to be molded. And then I like to mold them into a really confident, really like hardcore go-getter person. Like I want to meet them early on in their development. I love underdog stories. I've always loved underdog stories in sports, in self-development, clearly with women. I like to meet them early on when they're an underdog. Maybe they're a little shy. They're a little nervous. They're a little timid. Maybe they don't think that they deserve anything great in life. Maybe they feel like a bit of a loser. Clearly, I I screen that in and I screen that in on my website too. I make it goddamn clear that if you're a loser, fucking come to my website and I will fucking help you. I was a loser too. I think that's why I identify so well with like, I won't say these women are losers because they're not, but I mean women who are like super shy and not that confident and they look at like, really hot girls and they think I could never be hot like that. You know, those girls are so confident. That's not me. I love grabbing those girls and fucking teaching them how to be confident, getting them to come out of their shell, teaching them, you know, BDSM, teaching them about the world, teaching them, I guess, in Imogen, in, in Imogen's case and a couple of other girls, getting them to like start their own business and shit like that. I love mentoring them and getting them to grow and watching them grow and, It's like you get to share in that shit. I love that so much. Like you get to watch their self-improvement and their self-development and you get to like, it's not that you take credit for it, but it's like you get to be part of that journey and the girls will like turn to you and say like, thank you so much for helping me. And you're like, this is fucking amazing. Like I get to be part of this shit. Like I'm so fucking proud of her. So yeah, that's kind of my particular girl. I love inexperienced girls or girls who are maybe a little shy or unconfident or need like a boost or a pick me up. And I love kind of pushing them. Imogen does too. Imogen loves that shit just as much as I do. I think because I did it for her or like with her, 
taught her about the world, mentored her, got her to grow as a person, made her more confident. I think she wants to give back. And I'm going to predict this right now. I've said this to her a million times. I, I bet in five years she starts her own YouTube channel or her own website. It'll probably be a YouTube channel once she gets the confidence for it to be in front of the camera. I think she'll start some sort of like self-improvement journey YouTube channel or blog herself to try and get other girls to improve themselves. I think hers will probably be around more insecurities because girls tend to have more insecurities than guys do. And so I could see her starting some sort of like insecurity, self-confidence, self-love YouTube channel and like pushing other girls to grow. And that like, I really want her to do that probably because I've done that. And I think that it's, you know, been the best thing I've ever done. I would love to see her do that. So yeah, that's my particular type of girl. And that's Imogen's type of girl as well. As I hinted at in the first, like two episodes ago, when I first started answering these questions, I'm going to have Imogen on and we'll answer all these questions together because I think that will be a hell of a lot of fun. And I suspect when I ask her this question, like, do you have a particular type of girl? I won't spoil it for her. I won't tell her what my answer was. I'll be interested to see if her answer is the same. I think it it will be. Um, the second part of Ed's question was, has that changed? As in, has my particular type of girl changed over time? Kind of like I, I hinted at, I only went for really shy, submissive girls early on. That was because I was way too insecure and nervous to ever get with any confident girls. For a period of time, I did date and have sex with quite a few confident girls. It was fun, but again, it wasn't what I was, what, what I'm ultimately seeking. I've, I've fully come to accept I like shy, less confident, more inexperienced girls. That's just absolutely my type. So, Yes, I dabbled in more experienced girls for a while. That was kind of fun. Like those girls tend to be really good at sex, but call this an ego thing, but I felt like these girls don't need me. And I kind of want to, for selfish reasons, I want to be with girls who need me because then I feel like I have more to give to them. I get to share in their story. I get to mentor them. Everyone wants to feel needed to some extent. And I always felt like, experienced girls didn't need me. And so what was I getting out of it? Just some good sex. I can go and get good sex from inexperienced girls. And that felt more fun to me because I get to teach them to be good. And then when they get to the point where they're good, it's like an ego boost or something. It's it's like, it's fun to share in that with them. You're like, you are the kinkiest, most confident girl now. And six months ago, you weren't. And I got to share in every step of that journey. It's almost like in a weird way, and I don't mean this in a sexual way, but it's like it's like parenthood or something. It's like I'm parenting the girls. I guess mentorship is a better way of saying it. I've always liked mentoring everyone that I sleep with, even just on a small scale, like mentoring them in the bedroom and helping them come out of their show and be more sexual. I've always found that really entertaining. Now, not every guy is like this, and I fully appreciate that, but that's my kind of girl. I like girls who are inexperienced, more shy, that I can mentor and help grow into a better human being. And yeah. Next part of his question or next question is, how did you know that you had made it? How did you know you were ready to move on? I love this question. I've talked a lot about the concept of moving on, settling down, moving on to other goals, knowing that you can get laid, knowing that you've handled that part of your life, that you've handled your sex life. Um, 
I guess I'll just say the same answer that I said on the previous episode. The point I knew I made it was sometime after I had my second threesome. It's probably around then. Because the first one felt like a fluke. You always feel like that when you achieve something for the first time. You feel like, oh, what if that was just a fluke? The second time I was like, oh, shit, like maybe this was a fluke too. But definitely by the third time I was like, okay, fucking hell. Like I've had three threesomes as in like with three different girls. The average guy is lucky to have even heard of someone who's had a threesome, right? Like the average person does not even consider that they could have a threesome ever, let alone fucking three of them, let alone. I think this is the important part. I set those three threesomes up. I've set up every threesome I've ever had. Like it's been me. It's not like I accidentally, you know, stumbled upon two drunk girls at a party and we all kind of fooled around together. It's like, no, I I legitimately thought, how do I make a threesome happen? What do I have to say? I got turned down by like fucking 50 girls. Okay, probably not 50, but like, you know, 20 girls. I came so close so many times. I worked my ass off to have the first threesome and and the next couple after that. I had to figure everything out because it's not like there were any fucking guides on how to do this shit as a single man, you know? I had to figure out like, how do you ask a girl, you know, if she has any friends who want to fuck you? How do you get a girl to set her Tinder up to look for girls for you or with you? How do you screen for girls for threesomes on your own, on your own Tinder. Can you do it in person? I tried. I tried with cold approach. It's probably something I will try again in the future. I've said to Imogen, like, at some point, I want both of us to go on, like, cold approach girls and hit on girls during the day and basically say, like, hey, you know, my girlfriend and I thought you were cute. What are you up to? Like, we're probably going to do that at some point. We'll see how that goes. I think that'll be a lot of fun. I'm going to have to convince her to do it, though, because she's so fucking nervous. She's like, I can't do that. I'm so scared. And it's like, you don't have to do anything. Just stand there and look pretty. I'll fucking say all the words. Um, Yeah, so probably after the third threesome, roughly, because I could, everything before that, I kept telling myself, like, I don't deserve to be here. I'm not really a player. I'm not cool. Everyone else is better looking than me. Everyone else is, you know, gets laid more than me. Everyone else has a cooler social life than me. But after the third threesome, I was like, okay, legitimately, there is no one on this forum, as in the Good Looking Loser forums, where I was a member. I was like, there's no one on this forums that I know of that has ever had three threesomes that they went out of their way to set up themselves out of nothing. Like I pulled those three threesomes out of nothing. And then at that point, and everyone was obviously telling me that they're like, holy shit, dude, you're like so elite. You've made it like you could go above and beyond like any of the other elite members on here if you wanted to. And at that point, it's like, it's like that fucking scene in the matrix where Morpheus, where um, Trinity says to Morpheus, what is he doing? She's referring to Neo. She's like, what is he doing? And Morpheus is like, he's beginning to believe. That was me. At that point, I was like, oh my God, I'm beginning to believe. Maybe I can be a player. You know, I've had three threesomes. Maybe I'm allowed to be a player. Maybe this counts as being a player. And at that point, from that point onwards, that was when I really started. Like my sex life just went on turbo mode because that was when I was like, holy shit, I deserve to get laid. My entire attitude changed. Like every girl I walked up to, every girl I talked to on Tinder, I was like, I'm a fucking player. 
Like you're lucky if you have sex with me. And I don't mean that in an antagonistic way. I wasn't like going up and be like, yo, bitch, you want some of this fucking gold class dick boy? It's more like I was just, I didn't give a shit about rejections anymore. How could I? I'd had three threesomes for fuck's sakes. So every girl that I walked up to, I walked up to with that level of confidence. And every girl that I talked to on Tinder, any girl who was like on the fence or she was hesitant, I immediately unmatched. I was like, I don't have time for this bitch. I've had three threesomes. I'm a fucking player. I'm a fucking stud. You're lucky if you even talk to me. You're lucky if I ask for your number. And I screened way harder for sex at that point. I had no tolerance for time wasters. And that's when my results really started to skyrocket. So that's probably the point when I knew I'd made it after my second or third threesome. I know most guys will be like, bro, that's that's like, <laughs> you should have known you made it after you had your first threesome, you fucking idiot. <laughs> but like I said, I really was dealing with a lot of imposter syndrome. I really didn't think I deserved to be in any getting laid community. I didn't think I was a cool person. I never thought I would make it. Hell, even when I set my website up, I felt like the biggest imposter. Guys were telling me for like six months, bro, you should set up a website. You should like make a forum. You should, you know, start teaching other guys all the stuff you know. And I was like, what the hell? No way. I'm a loser. Like, I can't do that shit. No one would listen to me. What do I have to say? What if What if I make a website and no one reads it? So I've always kind of dealt with this imposter syndrome or these doubts, like this feeling that I don't deserve to be here. And so it took a long time after I was having results before I finally started feeling like, yeah, I've made it. In terms of the second part of the question, which is how did you know you were ready to move on? Um, I don't think I have moved. So this is, it. we have to define terms. What do we mean by move on? If by move on, we mean settle down and only have a monogamous relationship, that's never going to be me. I made that clear to Imogen from day one. I've We've had that conversation. She knows, like we've had that conversation 5 million times. It, it doesn't even come up anymore. She's like, it... If you said to her, like, do you think Andy would ever be monogamous? She would laugh. She'd be like, what? Like, no. Why would Andy be monogamous? What the fuck? No. I signed up for an open relationship where we see girls together. Like, no. I think if I ever was monogamous with her, she would break up with me. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I think she would think something was so wrong because that sounds, I'm a very principled person. I'm a stubborn motherfucker. I've said to her a million times, when I want something, I fucking get it. And when I say I'm going to do something, it fucking happens. Otherwise, I have to kill myself. Like, I'm very fucking principled. And if you want a random example of that, just a fucking throwaway example, when all this COVID bullshit started back in fucking April, I said to her, if they ever make masks mandatory, this was fucking in April, I said this, if they ever make masks mandatory, I'm not fucking wearing a mask. I will go to jail before I will wear a mask. They made masks mandatory everywhere in public, everywhere. The fine was like $1,650. Actually, that's not true. It was $200 if you don't wear a mask, but they can fine you $1,650 for some other bullshit rule. A bunch of people were arrested for not wearing a mask. I never wore a fucking mask, ever. Not once. Fuck you. Do you know how many times I got fucking yelled at? Like- People videotaped me, like police, like all sorts of shit. It's like, no, fuck you. So that's a random fucking example. I know that doesn't mean jack shit, but the point I'm making is like when I say I'm not going to do something or when I say I'm going to do something, I fucking do it. 
And so from day one, I said to her, I'm not going to be monogamous. And she was like, okay, like, I, uh, yeah, I know you. Like, I know that that's not negotiable. I also said, I'm never having kids. Like, I've had a vasectomy. I'm never getting married. She's like, yeah, that's fine. Like, I, I know. I, she was sold from, like, immediately. She's like, yeah, I know. I can't convince you. You're too fucking, you, you can't be argued against. And <laughs> some, some of my friends, some of my friends and guys on my forums are going to be laughing at this point because they're going to be like, yeah, I know. That's Andy. Um, I think Radical would agree with that above everyone else. He'd be like, yeah, man, like, I can't tell you to do something because you just don't do it until the day that you decide you want to do it and then you immediately do it. And then I say, but I've been telling you to do that for six months. And you're like, yeah, but I didn't want to do it if you told me to, bitch. (laughs) That that reminds me. I know I'm going off on a major tangent here, but whatever. My girlfriend and I ordered groceries. We order groceries online now and we get them delivered so we don't have to waste time in the fucking grocery store because I hate that shit. So the company that we order from, right when you check out, they have this thing that pops up that says, did you forget anything? And it shows you stuff that you ordered the previous time that you didn't order this time. And some of the stuff that they had, they had like Diet Pepsi. And I fucking love Diet Pepsi. You have no idea. I drink like so much Diet Pepsi. And that popped up. It said, you forgot to order Diet Pepsi. You ordered it last time. Do you want to order it this time? And I turned to Imogen and I said, these motherfuckers, these cheeky motherfuckers, look at what they've done. They've used their little fucking sales techniques on me. They know that I love Diet Pepsi. They know that I'm a fucking addict to Diet Pepsi. And they've put that in my face. They know I want to click the yes button. Look, it's even on special. I want to click yes. It's on sale. It's cheap. I want to click yes. But if I click yes, I'm compromising my principles. I'm allowing myself (laughs) to be manipulated. (laughs) And so I said, God damn it. Even though it's going to hurt me and I'm going to be sad because I don't have my fucking Pepsi, which I love, I'm clicking no. And I click no. And then I was like, this hurts. I hope this, I hope this company like knows that they just hurt me, but I'm a principled man. And I can't say yes. If you're trying to manipulate me with sales. (laughs) Sometimes I think I'm fucking autistic. (laughs) Whatever. Okay. Long tangent over. Long 11 minute tangent over. All of that massive long deviation was for me to say that I'm a principled man. And when I say something, I mean it. I'm never going to be monogamous. So I'm technically never going to move on. That was my original point. I'm always going to be having sex. And so is Imogen. We're always going to be having sex with girls together. And that will never change. So I will never technically move on. So I can't answer that question in that way. Like, I mean, for fuck's sakes, we're seeing four girls right now. Like right this second, we're seeing four girls. Think about that for a second. Like, does that sound like someone who's moved on from his sex life? I will at some point. I absolutely know at some point what what Imogen and I have discussed many times, what we're ultimately looking for and what we're going to move towards is having like one girl that we see at a time that we both really like. And maybe she's a virgin, maybe she's just inexperienced. And we together as a couple basically like mentor her and help her grow in the bedroom. We're already kind of doing that with the, with the girls that we're seeing right now. But that's going to be somewhat harder when you're seeing four girls at once. It's hard to really commit and like look after one girl and mentor her when there's like three other girls that you're seeing. But I can answer this question if we define moving on as like prioritizing some other goal. Getting laid is not even remotely my number one goal right now. Um, it's definitely not for Imogen either. It hasn't been for like probably a year or two for either of us. 
making money, setting up my website, getting rich. That's something that I've recently in the last like week admitted to myself that I want. I do want to be fucking rich one day. I don't know if I'll do it through Kill Your Inner Loser and this website. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. I have to think about that. Um, but yeah, making a ton of money is my number one goal right now. Getting to a point where I don't ever stress about money because money has been on my mind. I've been anxious for like four years, maybe my whole life at this point, but definitely four years. I've been in debt, anxious, stressed, can't sleep, sometimes having like near panic attacks and shit. So that's some, that's my goal right now. So I guess in that case, I have moved on from getting laid because getting laid is like my number four goal right now. My goals are probably making money, content creation and helping other people. Imogen, she's in there somewhere. Maybe she's number two. And I guess happiness and enjoying the day, like enjoying my days. And then number five is probably getting laid. So it's really low down in my priorities right now. The good news is once you get to a point where you know what you're doing with sex, like it can be your number five priority and you can still have four or five. I'm, I'm having sex with five girls right now. Like it takes no effort. And so how did I know I was ready to move on? It just kind of happened. Like it was probably that I had a bunch of sex. I probably had sex with like 10 to 20 girls and I just, it just wasn't as exciting anymore. And I kept trying to chase that high and trying to feel that excitement that I used to feel. And I just didn't feel it. It was good. The sex was nice. It was fun. It was amazing, but it wasn't like, changing my life. You know what I mean? Like I would have sex, I would walk her back to the train station and then my mind, somewhere in the back of my mind, I'd just be thinking like, okay, but what next? And so I probably had sex with like 10 girls, let's say before I finally admitted to myself like, okay, sex isn't the end all and be all for me. It's time to to start the next chapter. And I've obviously still had a ton of sex since then, but for a little while, the next chapter was like, taking BDSM pictures and doing artwork. And I'm definitely going to get back into that at some point. I'd like to start an Instagram and, and be legit with it. Like, you know, say to like actually get girls and say like, like maybe on a modeling website or something and actually get girls for the BDSM photos, not necessarily even for sex, maybe though for sex, that would be fun as well. So I'd like to do that at some point, but I experimented with that for a while. And then I tried, you know, co- going coaching full time And at this point, it's like, okay, making money and really expanding my website, blowing up the forum. So we have like thousands of guys on there, like really taking this to the next level. That's my goal now. So yeah, it was probably at the point where sex was no longer deeply satisfying. It was still satisfying. It's always fucking satisfying. Maybe it always, it probably always will be, but it wasn't like, it wasn't changing my life anymore. I would have sex and I didn't feel, I felt like, I felt like, okay, you've handled that need. Now it's time to move on to the next need where in my case, that next need is like financial. We'll end that there. And then I'll I'll start another part to answer the next couple of questions. If you want to ask me questions and have me answer them on the podcast, just like I am right now, go to patreon.com forward slash kill your inner loser. Sign up on there. Join us. We've got a bunch of guys there now. Actually, I'm actually surprised how many people have signed up, to be honest. Like, I only started it three weeks ago, and it's already blowing up. Like, holy shit. I I might... I can see a world in which I just go full-time with fucking Patreon, honestly. Like, I'm not sure yet, but I could see, like... 
I plan on doing a bunch of Patreon or I will do a bunch of Patreon only content, but I could see myself getting to a point where I focus like a hundred percent on that, like really going all in with like a ton of awesome, amazing content. So people are like, well, I have to sign up for Patreon because otherwise I'm missing all this cool shit. So I think I'm going to start pushing that over the next couple of weeks because that's really starting to blow up. So if you, if you haven't signed up, fucking join up. Like I really do think that I will go all in with that and just make the most sick content on there. And then you really will be missing out. You're already missing out if you're not on there now because you get fucking to ask me questions. You get free fucking coaching calls once a month. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash kill your inner loser. Come say, hey, send me a message. Tell me I'm a faggot. Okay, there you go. That's my challenge. Anyone that signs up to Patreon in the next, whenever you listen to this podcast, you have to send me a message on there and call me a faggot. And then I'll give you something amazing in return.